Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of his word. All right. Well, I want to give my remarks this title, What's My Place? I know that you've been discussing uh, the the concept of uh, believers being like priests and shepherds and kings and and pastors, all of these these gifts, actually priests is not one of them, but that is something we all are um, in uh, Ephesians chapter four. And I want to begin with this question. Uh, I believe it's one of life's most pressing questions. What is my place? Where do I fit in? What's my part in this whole picture? And uh, that's not always easy to discover. And it's also not necessary to nail it down so, so specifically, and definitely not as part of somebody else's list. So I want to just begin by freeing you from that concept. And uh, you'll see in what I'm going to share today that the important thing is availability. The most important thing is not being able to categorize yourself. The most important thing is to have the heart of a servant and to be completely yielded to the Lord. Now, for us as followers of Yeshua, who are connected to the history and calling of Israel, our mutual dependence goes way back to the time of, of Moshe, which is thought to be some 3,400 years ago, when God calls a, called us into nationhood. You can see the illustration that I'm using here of uh, Moshe on Sinai and the people below. Uh, the purpose, obviously, of God giving us uh, the, the revelation of his word is so that we might live together. Uh, the Torah is a way of life. Yes, there are uh, there are rules and regulations, but primarily uh, all of those rules, regulations, the 613 commandments are to, are to give us a way of life together. And I would call this national community. Now, so we're the, we're the inheritors of that, uh, both as physical Israel, uh, but also as the body of Messiah. And we know that back in those days, every tribe had a role. If you go back into Torah, you see the definitions of the 12 tribes of Jacob. Everybody had something to schlep, right? Something to carry. Uh, they had their part in uh, in fabricating the, the tabernacle, taking it down, traveling. Ah, uh, you guys are blessed to have a an absolutely beautiful building. Think about if you had to take it down every week <laughs> and travel to another location. Uh, but this was this was what God God designed us as a community. That's that's the point here. Now, jumping forward to the book of Acts, we know that Yeshua's original disciples and their disciples forged a dynamic, society-changing community as the Messiah poured out his spirit upon them, and they became witnesses, which ultimately that witness, that declaration of the good news of Yeshua has traveled around the world. And that, beloved, is part of our calling for sure. This is the, the purpose of the spirit being poured out. 
uh, in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Shavuot. And here is a, an artist rendering, uh, you see, with the little flames of fire, you know, above the disciples. And uh, I don't think they looked quite that pious that day. I think maybe maybe they all might have been laid out on the ground, uh, you know, just really wiped out uh, by the weight of God's glory. Uh, but at any rate, it gives us something to something to imagine, something to work with. And again, the point here is that God poured out his spirit on a community. He poured out his spirit and gave his power to the community of New Covenant disciples right there at the beginning uh, of the body of Messiah. Now, both Paul in Ephesians 2 and Peter uh, in 1 Peter 2 picture us as living stones. So I, I gave this funky little uh, illustration here. Actually, I could have put in a picture of myself. Uh, David mentioned that uh, we came to faith when we were hippies in the mountains. Uh, actually, uh, that would have been fun. I built a house out of rocks, and uh, it was hard work. It was a lot of hard work. Uh, but I can tell you that the position of every rock counted. And this is what God is involved in, beloved. He is putting us together, building us together into a habitation for God, into a dwelling place. And that dwelling place depends on us being linked with each other. In this picture, and also in the, the stone house that I built, mud was what glued the stones together. Not quite as effective maybe as concrete, but uh, I didn't want to buy artificial materials. So I was trying to do it the very most simple and organic way. By the way, in my efforts to be simple and organic, uh, I didn't use cured timber and the whole roof caved in just a few days after we moved in. And my wife and I and our little baby, who's now 52 years old, would have all been killed uh, had there not been a horse dying at the same time, but that's another story. Um, we have a strong and honored place. I think it's, it's important for us just to pause and to think about this, that God chose us to construct his home, his dwelling place. And yet that general image doesn't tell me my place, doesn't tell you your place. So we want to move along to look at some of the gifts that are described in the New Covenant books. Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, kind of convenient to uh, for memory purposes. And also, uh, we know that the number 12 is very emblematic uh, of uh, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12, the 12 apostles. There's something of a, uh, something that reflects uh, the community of God. So, uh, you know, I don't know that God himself organized the chapters. I, I was told that that came later on. But anyway, it's convenient. And maybe you're already familiar with these passages. I'm sure that you've read them if you've been reading the scriptures any length of time. But we have here two sets of gifts that are sometimes called the motivational gifts and the power gifts. Uh, but before diving in, I want to tell you a personal story that that relates to how I discovered a gift that God had given me. I was in a, a home meeting. Uh, that's why I chose this little photo. Uh, it was at a, a brother's house. He was a veteran believer named Miles Culligan. And uh, there was a, a teacher that was um, opening up this, these, this passage, this particular passage, actually, in Romans chapter 12. And, uh, you know, I was kind of sitting in the back of the room. It was a larger group than you see in this picture. And um, 
nothing quite matched what I knew about myself. I was going through these different um, types of gifting and, and ministry, and I'm kind of feeling like maybe a little bit left out until he came to a word, exhortation. And suddenly I resonated. I didn't even fully understand what that was about as he began to explain it. Uh, and then that evening and much more now, I understood that exhortation uh, is a synonym for to encourage. And it turns out that encouraging is, is the greatest joy I have. I looked it up before uh, while preparing for, for y'all, and it means personal urging. Wow. I mean, this is, this is something that I love to do almost more than anything. I love to be with someone, to encourage them, to tell them that I believe in them, that God believes in them, that they can do it. And uh, actually, it's a, a chapter, David mentioned the second book that I wrote, With All Your Heart. Uh, in, that in that book, there's a chapter uh, that is called A Heart to Encourage. I really believe that not just people with a specific gifting, but all of us are called to encourage one another. So what's the bottom line? That talk enabled me to locate a trait that I never knew was even considered a spiritual gift. Now, I want to repeat myself, and I'll probably say it a few times because I know that there's a tendency to feel left out, to feel like, oh, well, so-and-so is such an incredible teacher, or I know this guy, and he just seems to nail it uh, when he prophesies, or uh, this person when they are leading and administrating whatever. People, it's not about having a label. Again, it's about being ready to give your all, to be used, to be a channel for, for God's spirit and for God's love, whatever form that takes. And in fact, uh, you guys and gals who think you already know what your gifting is, or even if you come to a conclusion as a result of, of this teaching today, uh, you still need to be open. It doesn't mean that, you know, if you have a, I don't know, it's, this is not mentioned, but let's say you have a gift for praise and worship, that somebody comes along and says, you know, hey, you know, could you, uh, could you help us serve, uh, you know, serve the Oneg Shabbat? And you go, well, no, I'm kind of sorry. You know, my, my thing is praise and worship. And no, 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 that's not it. The, 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 the way to make way for the presence of God, the giftings of God, and completing the body is to be available, to be available to do whatever is necessary at the time. So I want to put out a couple of qualifications uh, before we look at these lists of gifts. Number one, and there are only two of them. Number one, don't worry, all right? Don't worry. This is very hard sometimes. We, uh, all of us, if we're honest, we worry sometimes. But I'm, I'm imploring you, don't worry about what your gift is. The main thing is loving God and loving your fellow man. Yeshua uh, really spoke to this in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40. This is how it goes in Hebrew. I'll read it in Hebrew and then just uh, a little translation. I think you all have read it a lot. Verse 
תלויים, תלויים כל התורה והנביאים. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This commandment, this is the great and first commandment. The second is similar to it. And you will love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, all of the Torah and the prophets uh, depend or are, are hanging, literally is what it says in Hebrew. So even if you don't identify with anything on these lists, the idea is to continue serving and being who you are. Because let's face it, the main uh, project that God is after is forming us into his image, into the image of the Messiah. And so all of this, whether it's uh, discovering and use, utilizing a gift or whether it's serving in whatever capacity you're requested, it's, it's about God transforming you and then bringing you together uh, with, your, with your fellow believers and using you in the community at large. The second uh, proviso or qualification is that we need to get good at receiving. So when it's important, first of all, not to worry what my gift is, but the second thing is to be really good at receiving. I love this photo. Let's see if I can enlarge it for you. Look at that. Look at the joy. Look at just, they're all unwrapping these presents, right? looks like, I don't know, it might be sandwiches, <laughs> but whatever it is, they are really, really having a great time receiving. Why? Because they're children, they're kids. And, and they're not hesitating to enjoy what they're being given. Beloved, in order for us to receive something, in order for God to give us a gift, we have to be uh, open, our hearts open, our hands open, uh, our lives to be open and ready to receive. Sometimes some of us are not so good at receiving. There's something of a pride. We say, ah, you know, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to show my need. Ha! That's unscriptural. That's never going to get you uh, any sort of growth spiritually. The only way to grow spiritually is to know that we need. Doesn't, doesn't it say in the Messiah's message, blessed are the poor in spirit? I know there are a lot of ways to understand that, but I think what it means is blessed is the one that realizes his poverty, his impoverishment, his need, and he will be rich. He will be filled because he's not pretending that he's got everything that he needs. People, God is incredibly generous. His specialty is giving, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 from the very passage that you've been focusing on. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Messiah's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. This idea of, of a gift, actually the word uh, grace, charis, if I understand it in Greek, has that idea of a, of a gifting, of a grant, something that's granted, something that you don't earn. And uh, I love that because our salvation itself is, is the greatest gift, right? And so it makes sense that the unfolding and the progressing of our lives and the way that we would serve and come to know God better and better is also a process of receiving from him. So I want to ask a question. 
And I want you to think about it for the duration of this message and beyond. How good are you at receiving? If I want to discover my place to exercise and grow in whatever gifts God has given me, I need to be in an open receiving posture toward him, unafraid of my need to receive. I want to repeat that. If I'm going to exercise, if I'm going to use whatever gifts God has given me and discover what gifts God has given me, I have to be in an open receiving posture toward him. Face-to-face with God, I'm opening my hands. I'm saying, Abba, I am wide open. I need, I need whatever you want to give me. You're a generous God. You want, you, 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 you brought me to yourself uh, in order to give me a purpose to live and to serve you and to make you known. Please reveal to me how you want to use me. I'm ready to receive. Then his gifts can throw, flow through you because you're positioning yourself receptively. This also speaks to me about not limiting the Lord in what ways he can use me. I might be asked to teach, and then I I might say, well, that's not my gift. Maybe there's a need for somebody in Shabbat school. Well, I don't really have experience. That's that's not the gig. Uh, I went into children's ministry back in the 1970s because it was what was presented to me. It was a need. It was an opportunity. And I've never regret. I learned so much reaching out to children. And uh, I, I believe that there's no aspect of serving uh, in the community uh, that will not move you closer to God and, uh, and closer to understanding what he created you for. I just put this little note to myself because I started leading worship in a, a midweek Bible study in, in a home uh, that belonged to this family, the Bransfords. And I, I never really played guitar. I was a drummer uh, back in the rock days. But I picked up a guitar, I learned a few chords, and we were able to, to give praise to God. And uh, it's just, it's so wonderful just, just to be open. So this guy's kind of like going, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you think that I can do this or that or the other. Nah, I don't really feel like it, right? The little cartoon. By not opening myself to the need at hand, I'll keep him up there, I can short circuit a more prominent gifting. Do you hear what I'm saying? In other words, maybe, maybe it's an issue of what Yeshua said. If you are faithful in the little things, God will open up something that is larger, maybe something that seems to impact more people in a greater way. But you almost, almost by definition in the kingdom, you need to start with something humble. Start with that which is not noticeable, that which is, that which is behind the scenes. Because God sees that, and it's so important. There, I don't really think that there are, you know, in the kingdom, every, every form of service, every gift is vital. Every stone uh, makes up the, the habitation for God. So I just put a, an example here. If somebody's sick and asks for prayer, you know, instead of saying, well, I'm sorry, that's just not my gift. I don't have the gifts of healings. It's one of the ones we're going to read about. Yikes! That's wrong. Paul told Timothy, be in season and be ready in season, out of season. Sorry, I need to remove a, uh, oh yeah, there we go. See there, can correct it on screen. The main key to being used by God in any gifting 
is unconditional availability. So we're not going to have time, and it's not my aim to try to explain all of these gifts, but let's read through both of these lists, uh, two prime passages, the motivational gifts and then the power gifts, Romans 12, 3 to 16. This is, of course, uh, Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, Romans 12, for I say through the grace given to me that to everyone who is among you, everyone, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. To each one, underline it. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, I bolded it, so we being many are one body in Messiah and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing, According to the grace that is given us, I could say the specific grace that is given to each one of us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, uh, that is serving and preparation, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, this is a whole study in itself, and whole books have been written about these. You can do the research. What I want you to see here is the variety of gifts and the kind of organic way that they fit together. Let's think about it. Okay, prophesying and teaching are both contained in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, uh, but all the rest of them are quite organic, and let's think about prophesying and teaching not as a kind of this highfalutin place, but just as a, a part of the body. You could say that prophesying is a discernment of the unseen world, that teaching is explaining how to do stuff, serving is noting practical needs and meeting them, exhorting is encouraging, giving is generosity, leading is influence oversight through an established character of the leader, and mercy is compassion extended to those in need. Are you following me? What I'm seeking to convey to you is this kind of organic approach to the gifts. These are motivational gifts because they are what motivate us to serve. I'm motivated by encouragement. That really gets me going. And it's something that I've learned that God loves to use me in. But I'm I'm not going to limit myself to that uh, if there's a situation that calls for another gift. The context of these gifts, by the way, is full surrender and character. Look at the verses before and after. Verses 1 and 2 in Romans 12. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then afterward, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, and given to hospitality. Wow, what a list, huh? What a description. But this is the context of these gifts. So I want you to see that these qualities must be in the process of development as you are looking for what is my place in the body for sure as you live this way. 
love without hypocrisy, clinging to the good, being affectionate, preferring each other, uh, being fervent in spirit, being hopeful and patient, distributing to the needs of the saints, being hospitable. Uh, these are not just for a few select uh, individuals within the community or the, the leadership or the people on staff. This is for all of us. And as we live this way, we will certainly enter into the strengths, the strong points to which God has called us. Then in 1 Corinthians 12, we see the power gifts, these perhaps more familiar, they were more familiar to me back then, uh, reading from verse 4. There are diversities of gifts. Look at the similarity. Remember what he said in Romans 12. Uh, he said that not everybody has the same function, okay? There are many members, and there are, there are lots of different functions, but each one is given grace to use them. So this is a, just a very, wow, it's a very sweet, very um, beautiful, and, and it's all-encompassing. God loves each of us. He loves the body. The concept of the body or the bride of Messiah is something so, so sacred and so special, but it's also every day. I, I want to use that combination. Really, I think that's a big part of God. He created us as physical beings, right? Physical beings to be the house of an eternal spirit. What a combo. There are differences of ministries, verse 5, but the same Lord. Diversities of activities, but the same God who works all things in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. To one is given the word of wisdom, to another word of knowledge, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings, to another working of miracles and prophecy, to another discernment of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and yet another interpretation of tongues. But, that's a, that's a big underlined, <laughs> a big word, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Are you seeing that, beloved? God is the distributor. God is the one who has created us for his glory and his purposes. And each of us has, we know this, we have a unique personality. We even have a, a voice that's different from anybody else. We have a unique history. And yet each one of us has been fashioned for God's specific use. And this is the list. I won't read back through it. You can see that. The context of these gifts is unity and diversity in the body. Notice there's a context both for the motivational and for the power gifts, and those contexts are easily as important, and in fact, without them, the gifts uh, recede in importance. God is more concerned about our character than about charisma. 1 Corinthians 12, these are the verses that come after. For as the body is one and has many members, you can say amen. Many members are sitting there uh, in the Tikvat Israel uh, sanctuary, but all the members of that one body and online, being many, are one body. So also is Messiah. For by one spirit we were all immersed into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. That's an amen. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? 
And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the a body, is it therefore not of the body? These power gifts are for the building up of the body. Again, as you saw in Ephesians 4.16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective work working by which every part, underline every part, does its share, causes growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And there is a surprisingly simple key to discovering your gifting. That key is being available. You can see the key here in the ancient door. What opens the door that, that, that ushers in the, the gifts of God through me? It's being available. It's very simply being available. This is more than identification with a particular gifting. This is the key is to be, is to be available to say, God, use me. E -ne -ne, we say. Am I willing for God to use me? Are you willing to do his will? Shmuel, Samuel, became a great prophet after he said, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Daber ki shamea avdecha. If you see the similarity in that shin mem ein, it's the word shma. And the word shma doesn't just mean to hear. It's not just a physical hearing. In biblical Hebrew, it means to hear. Which, which I respond to that hearing by obeying, I'm paying attention, and I'm responding. And I would say that is, I'm ready to do your bidding. I'm here to serve your purposes. And I just want to note this. Isn't it incredible that God involves us in his business? Well, a young woman that God involved in his business big time was Miriam Nachon. Miriam became the means of the Messiah's arrival on earth when she said this to the angel Gabriel, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. That's how she defined herself as a servant before God. Be it unto me according to your word. Beloved, I think these simple words are so influential. They are so impactful when we are searching what is my place. What is my place in the body? What am I supposed to be doing? I want to say that every stone is important. Some may need shaping and chipping and, 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 and to fit in where the mason wants that stone to be. But each of you has a place. What is the place? You will discover it as you make yourself 100% available and serve wherever you can meet a need. I know I'm, my time is finished, but I want to repeat that. You will discover your place. When you make yourself 100% available and serve wherever you can meet a need, there are gifts that God has placed in each one of you for his pleasure and his glory. And they will be more and more evident as you lovingly yield yourself to his purposes and learn to worship and serve beside your fellow stones. I didn't say your fellow people who were stoned. We used to be stoned. Now we're stones. I can't hear you laughing, but I hope you are. This habitation, his people being joined together, is what God is building in preparation for the soon and glorious return of King Messiah to establish his reign on the earth forever. So you see how important your place is in the grand scheme of things? I want to pray right now as I close for the release of God's gifts, all of them, through the people of Tikvat Yisrael 
and all those who will hear this message. Avinu Shabashamayim, our Father in heaven. Lord, thank you for this significant time that you have given us. Lord, we love you. We love that you have called us to yourself. We love that you have adopted us. We love, Abba, that you designed us for your purposes. And we want to discover what are those purposes? Why did you create me? Why did you call me? Why did you save me? Why did you bring me into sonship? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. That if I can say as Shmuel and Miriam, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening and ready to obey. We are confident, Abba that you're going to continue to shape us and change us for your purposes and to fit us together as living stones for a place that you may gloriously inhabit. And with me, the people of God said, Amen. God bless you.